Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry as, actually, it's not a poem, it's a statement, but I am going to read it. No, is it a poem? We'll see. Hold on. Um, I'm going to read it because this is part two of my anniversary, that episode as I was so rudely interrupted while I was in the middle of recording. And it's all good. It's my fault because what I didn't do is block (laughs) incoming phone calls. So y'all know me. I like to be very transparent. What you hear is what you get. And the name of this poem is entitled A Strong-Willed Mind. Here we go. To be an overcomer, you must learn how to survive. The abuse and ridicule of others meant to destroy your life. Not everyone will celebrate you or your accomplishments. Some will envy you, hate and talk about you, but claim to be your friend. To be a survivor, you must learn to overcome the negative opinions of others meant to steal your joy. Not everyone will congratulate you on your victories. Some will be jealous of you. But in due time, they will see that everything that was used against you only helped to build your strength. When they use their tongues to fight you in time, it built your confidence. You have overcome and have learned how to survive, eventually discovering that you have a strong-willed mind. So I hope that you all are having the most amazing evening, morning, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And that poem comes from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And so let me proceed with part two of my anniversary. So for those of you, if you have not heard part one, please go back and hear the My Anniversary episode 79, part one, where I was starting to tell you the backstory of how it is I discovered that I had a tumor in my brain. So I actually was driving and I was going to go meet my daughter um, for lunch when she was in high school. This is my oldest child. And we lived in Longview, Texas at the time. And I, in route, as I was in route, she actually ended up telling me that she had changed her mind. So I was at a light and the person that was, I could see the car coming. And instead of him face forward, he was actually turned around talking to his wife in the back. And I had a thought, that thought in that moment was this man is about to hit me. And I was right. This man hit me, he rear-ended me because he wasn't looking. And pushed me through a light. By the grace of God, there was no ongoing traffic. Therefore, there was no fatality. Because it could have easily ended up in a a fatality. And so, um, I ended up having a major migraine. But when I went to the hospital, the doctor told me at the time, Oh, that's normal. You were just in an auto accident. It's normal for you to have a headache. Well, this headache kept happening. And it kept coming. And so I ended up going to a chiropractor and at one point they were trying to settle um, the actual accident, try to, you know, provide a settlement offer. 
And I remember telling the chiropractor that before I would ever agree to settle or close the case, that I needed to get an MRI on my head because my headaches kept coming. So they did an MRI on my head and when they, and they also did um, something on my neck. So he came back and ended up telling me that um, he was like, do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? And I was like, go ahead and give me the good news. So he was like, the good news is you have a little bit of whiplash. The bad news is we found a tumor in your brain. Now, the thing of it is, and what makes this very interesting, which makes me know that I was a walking miracle, is that I had six living children and one miscarriage. Not once that I can recall did I ever have any symptoms from giving birth to my children um, in regards to my head. I've heard of people, though, dying because they had a tumor in their brain when they're giving birth. And so I found out that this tumor was located right up under my brain stem, which can impact my cognitive skills. And the crazy thing about it is, is that that tumor, according to the chiropractor, had been in my brain for so long, which means that it had been in my brain for over the course of years, that it was calcifying. So it was turning, bone was starting to kind of, it was turning into bone. That's just how um, long it had been in my brain. And so according to one of the doctors, she was saying that it was the location of the tumor that made it malignant. But in order for them to find out if it was benign or malignant, they would have to remove the tumor and do a biopsy on the tumor. So they monitored me. And I had some of the best doctors. My main um, neurosurgeon was located in Dallas. So eventually I did have to relocate to Dallas, Texas. um, And that's where I was living in Lancaster. And so, um, so pretty much when, because that happened eventually before I ended up getting the brain surgery. So I said all of that to say this, there was a neighbor who, you know, I didn't normally walk around talking about that I'm a Christian. I never talked about my faith in God. I just pretty much tried to let the light shine. And one day I was walking to my car and I saw my neighbor. And the minute that I saw him, you know, of course, when you see people, you you smile. So I smiled or whatever and waved. And then he kind of stopped me because I was walking to my car and he was like, how are you doing? And I was like, you know, I'm blessed. And he was like, yes, praise God. And, you know, we got to have just small talk. It's just small talk. It wasn't at the major. He's like about 20 something years older than me. So we're having this small talk. And then he looks at me and I, I said, I'm, he said, you know, what's the matter? And I said, I'm just a little nervous. And he said, what are you nervous about? I said, I'm nervous because I am scheduled for brain surgery. And he looked at me and he said, you're going to be fine. And I was like, how do you know? He said, you're looking at a person who has had three brain surgeries. So I'm looking, I'm like, okay, so I, for those of you that believe in God, you know that I had a moment because I'm just like, look at that affirmation. Look at that confirmation. This is a total stranger. It's like God sent an angel to tell me that I'm going to be just fine. So then he said, you're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. So he said, not only that, you're a believer. I said, how do you know that I'm a believer? He said, some things you can't hide. And so I carried that with me. I carried that with me. Oh, did I carry that with me? We became really, really good friends um, throughout the course of my journey. And he was right. 
I survived that brain surgery. Now, little did I know I was going to end up having to have a second brain surgery, right? But what happened was that the neurologist or the neurosurgeon at the time, when he was doing the surgery, he went in my brain the wrong way. So he went in the front instead of behind my ear. And so by doing that, it made my brain swell up. And I remember coming out of the surgery room all excited because I had, it was a nine hour surgery. And so I was all excited because I was like, yes, they got the tumor on my brain. You know, I'm, I'm good. They're going to give me this good medicine and we're going to be good to go. And the nurse whispers to me and tells me they didn't get the tumor. And I remember saying, I hate y'all right now. And she said, but if he would have attempted to get the tumor, it could have caused permanent damage. And you could have ended up being a vegetable for the rest of your life. I was like, oh, okay, so I love y'all right now. <laughs> so then they, you know, take me to my room and I'm recovering. And I remember, and I'll never forget it. That was one of the most spiritual encounters that I've had in my entire 47 years of living. Because while I was going through that season of my life, I was, I felt closer to God than I've ever felt. And I was able to sense things spiritually that I normally, I don't believe would have been able to sense. And there was this particular nurse. I couldn't, I could not see because of the medication they had given me. I could only hear. So my, my hearing senses had heightened, they had heightened. And so, um, the person that I was listening to, she was very rude. Her, her demeanor was like wicked and, and just negative. And it was a nurse. And I remember telling her, um, the next, I don't need you coming back into my room. The next person that comes back in my room, it needs to be someone other than you. And my daughters came in, my two older daughters, they came in shortly after she left and they were talking about how rude she was. And I said, don't worry about it. I just fired her. And then they're like, how did you know? You can't even see her. But mama, she's just mad. You know, they're going on. And I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. She's already fired. There'll be a different nurse that's going to come in afterwards. And so um, the next nurse that came in was heaven sent. He was like an angel. He took care of me. He made sure that I was comfortable. His presence was that of an angel. And my healing, when I think about the process that I went through in the course of me prepping for the following brain surgery, because five days later on December the 21st of 2011, I had to have a second surgery on my brain. And that process of them trying to get the um, swelling to go down on my brain, the process of the different people that were calling me, the process of the different people that were visiting me. Um, at that time, my godmother actually hired someone to massage my feet to make sure that I was um, comfortable while I was there. It was just one of those. It was just a very, very blessed um, experience. And now here we are 10 years later, and I am still here, able to tell the story. So those two days hold a very, very special in my um, special place in my heart. December the 16th of 2011 and December the 21st of 2011, because I am still here. So to be here 10 years after two brain surgeries, not to mention, I currently have a tumor in my brain. So as of April the, the 1st of 2017, I was told that I have 
a tumor in my brain and that it grew back. The tumor grew back. So imagine, if you will, getting all of your x-rays and seeing your brain and seeing that the tumor has been removed. Fast forward a few years later, having another MRI and then getting those results and seeing that the tumor has now come back. And then being told there is nothing we could do because we already took a chance on you twice. And if we were to try to go into that same location a third time, it could potentially cause your demise. So we're not going to mess with that. If it doesn't mess with you, we're not going to mess with it. And so the very thing that they tried to remove from my brain and did, they accomplished it. They got it out. It had the audacity to grow back. So let me tell you what I learned in that. What I learned in that is that the first time I needed man to remove this foreign object. Now my faith has increased and I believe that God has the power to remove anything foreign in my body. And so I no longer have to depend on man. I'm just truly, truly depending on him for his supernatural divine healing, however that may manifest. But it has given me a different take on life because I understand the value of living. I understand that it is a gift. I understand that you should not take it for granted. I understand that every day is truly a gift and that tomorrow is not promised, nor is the next minute, the hour. I mean, it's, none of this is promised to us. And so we're supposed to cease the day. We're supposed to cease the moments. We're supposed to cherish the people that we love. And we're supposed to let them know that we love them, not for them to just make the assumption, but for us to make it a point to let them know that we love them and just how near and dear they are to us. Um, and so I now tell people that I love them when I depart. I now love on the people that I that matter to me when I see them. I now make it a point to make every moment that I spend with my children. I try to laugh with them. I try to get to know them, you know, because kids are ever changing just like we're ever changing as adults. So I do my best to make sure that they are okay. Um, they know what's going on with me. They know all of the health concerns that I have. Um, they know that I know that I'm on borrowed time. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful for these 10 years. I remember asking God in prayer if he would allow me to see my children graduate. And right now I have two children that are due to graduate. One in three years and the other one in this year, I believe. Yeah, this year. And so um, God is good. God is good. And of course, I've I've asked for more. You know, ain't that how we do it? We get a little bit and then we ask for more with our greedy selves. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I um, now I want more. I want to be able to be around for my grandchildren. I want to be able to watch my grandchildren have their families. You know, I, I want more. And so I have adjusted my prayer. But I'm grateful to God that he has answered the prayers that went before now. And he's done such a phenomenal job at preserving my life, despite every single dart that has been thrown in my direction, despite every single attack that I've been under. God has made it a point to preserve my life. And um, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm forever grateful for that because I know that had it not been for him who was on my side, I already know where I would be. I'd be six feet under. That's where I would be. 
but he saw fit to preserve my life. He saw fit to love me through it. He saw fit to surround me with the right people at the right time who willed me to live. Um, at that time that I found out that I had a tumor in my brain, um, I literally asked for prayer and it was a corporate prayer. People prayed all over the world for me. People that never met me prayed all over the world for me. And, um, I'll never forget that. There was a young lady. She's gone to be with the Lord now, but there was a young lady who she was having her own battle with cancer and she found out about my story and took the time out to make sure that her colleagues and her family prayed and interceded for my survival. God is good. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. And so um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the strangers that prayed for me. I'm grateful for the people that willed me to live. I'm grateful for the love, the agape love that I received. Um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all of the yay sayers, not the naysayers, but the yay sayers, the yes, Lord. Yes. And amen sayers. I'm grateful for that. And I'm just, I will forever be grateful. That's just something that I try my best to live my life on purpose now, because I know, I know that I've been gifted with life. So I don't take it for granted. I hope you're not taking your life for granted. I hope that you're living your life to the fullest, whatever that may look like for you. I hope that you're putting your best foot forward. And even if you get bad news, because trust me, I've gotten a lot of bad news over the course of the years of my life. A lot of bad news. It's so much to the point that I don't even count it anymore. But one thing that I've tried to do, even with the bad news that I get, I've tried to find the silver lining. I've tried to see a light in a dark place. I've tried to do that on a regular basis. I've, I've, people have talked to me crazy. People have willed ill against me. People have wanted me to fail. I mean, there's so many different variations of adversity. And I have just made up in my mind that I know that God has the final say, and I know that he dwells within me. And if he has the final say, how they feel about me is none of my business. What does God say about me? What does God say about you? So right now, what I believe he is saying to me is happy anniversary, happy 10 year anniversary. So in the next few days, I'll be celebrating another 10 years. Lord say the same. I pray that he does, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my life. I am so, so grateful for my life. I am eternally grateful for these past 10 years. So this is going to conclude my episode on today, but I hope that wherever you are in this world, that you are doing all that you can to be the best version of yourself. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourselves because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. This concludes part two. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.